Hello, everybody. It's Denise here. Welcome to another edition. I think it's our final edition of the European Adventures. Finishing out with Rome. Oh my gosh. I'm officially home now, but I am all tired. But I'm ready to talk about the rest of our adventures. Let's go. Go get a bevy. Go potty. Let's do this. Everybody. Oh my gosh. How are you all? Happy. I don't know what day it is. I don't know if it's Wednesday or Saturday. I'm just recording these at this point. I don't even know what hour it is. So I'm still struggling with the time change. And my belly is tore up. We'll talk about that on another episode. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about Rome. We just finished up our European family adventure. And let me tell you guys, it was, number one, an absolute blessing to go on this trip. And number two, just one of the most amazing experiences that we could ever have, let alone be able to provide Peter with this opportunity as well. I, I just, we're floored, we're blessed, all of that. I think last I talked to you guys was we were, got that Chicago accent bad all the time, uh, back right away, right? You guys. Um I know that we talked about meeting up with my uh, childhood friend. Uh, we were staying at the um, at an apartment across from the Coliseum. Peter's addicted to gelato. Uh, the water is great there and all the fountains throughout Rome. We were at Trevi. We were at the Pantheon. We were at um, the Borghese Gardens. Um, and I think that's kind of where we left off, in the Borghese Gardens. Um I will tell you that that was kind of on my wish list to go there, and I don't remember where I left off, so now that I'm of right mind in some sort, um, and back home, I think I'll touch on this a little bit. So I think um, in my mind, I was prepared that I knew that these were like old gardens and that they wouldn't be proper gardens, meaning that they wouldn't be like fully manicured, all of that, totally was spot on with that. What I was taken aback by was that you have all of these beautiful gardens, you know, that were once lush and lavish with these beautiful sculpture everywhere and homes and, you know, that are now museums and all that, but that it is so incredibly littered with trash. There is garbage everywhere in Rome, and it was at the garden, uh, the Gardens Borghese that it really stood out to me. Because I think it was one of the places that I really wanted to see um, because of the sculpture in it. And I could still see the beautiful history and the art and, you know, the beauty in that. But it was very difficult um, when you've got garbage strewn all over the place. And it is a de I will say that I wouldn't let it deter you from your trip. But it, be prepared that it may be a problem, that that it is a problem. I guess it's not it's not may. I guess it could have been. But it's funny because we've been talking to people who have been there since we've been home. And there was somebody who went. Carl went in. Mr. Sith went in 2007, and he does not remember it being full of garbage. Um, we 
uh, Mr. Seth works with somebody who was there in 2019, you know, right before the sea hit. And he was looking at pictures. That's like, he's like, wait a minute, let me look. And so they were going through some of his pictures and it did not appear to be filled um, to have the issue. So it happened somewhere between 2020, the C lockdown, and, and now, which is 2023, for those who are watching this or listening to this in the future. I don't know. Um, I'm literally using my pictures as a guide, guys, because because um, I'm me and I got Lyme brain. All right. So uh, I struggled on this trip uh, once we got to Rome. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I heard a few times we pushed it in Venice and in uh, Bratislava, Slovakia. Um, I pushed it a few of those days that I probably shouldn't have, but I did because I wanted to see stuff. However, um, when I got to Rome, that's when it really hit me. And I think it was a combination of things. I think it was a combination of I, um, everything is hot. <laughs> it was hot. It has a beautiful breeze when it does rain and in the evening, which is fabuloso, but with the black structure of the flooring, the, the cobblestone floor and streets and sidewalks are black. And so it just radiates the heat. And because I already have problems with my legs and my feet, I think just the sheer heat and the hotness of the actual cobblestone was a problem for me. I really thought about this for a long time, and I am chucking it up to that. Um, the fruit... Abroad is amazing. Pasta is not even the same. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Um, I think I talked to you guys about going to the church in France. Uh, so it's it's basically called the French Church. It's located within Rome. It's the Church of St. Louis. Um, and there are three Carapaggios in there. Caravaggios, I'm sorry. Um, and Caravaggio is my favorite painter of all time. And to actually see three of his works of art was really um, the highlight of my trip. Um, Peter, a uh, little fun facts. Like, again, I'm going through the thing here. We had fun. Peter was a trooper, I will tell you. The kid can travel, okay? But I would say, like, the last three days in Rome, he was done, too. He was ready to come home. Uh, we all were. So as we were walking around, uh, one of the days we kind of, like, lightened it up a little bit, but we wanted to see the Borghese gardens, which we did. And then we, it's very easy to get around there, but mind you, the public transportation is busy just from tourists alone. But then when you factor in everybody going to and from work and their bus rides, I know I made fun of the Venice Vaporetto boats, but let me tell you, <laughs> it, the whole terminology of pack like sardines brings all Rome brings a whole new level to that on buses. It is unbelievable. In fact, they have structured their buses to just kind of have one seat on kind of like a raised stair on either side because they want, they can get more people on if they're standing, like, like get that visual. Um, it was an absolute nightmare, uh, for me who number one, I have already got trouble with my legs. I'm, I'm traveling with a kid who comes up to, you know, my boobs when I'm on the bus and everybody else's armpits he's having to smell. But, um, I'm going to go into a story about that in a minute, 
um, the bus story. So we wound up going um, to the cat sanctuary. So we were looking for it everywhere. So essentially, it is there are feral cats everywhere in Rome. And so one of the things that we were um, that Pete loved, obviously, he went to the cat cafe in Austria, um, in Vienna, I should say, Austria. But he wanted to do this one because they there were all these feral cats located in this ruins area amongst all these big buildings. That's the cool thing about Rome, but it's interesting because I think the locals just surely are so used to seeing all of the history and these archaeological sites that they're literally dead to them. <laughs> they, they just don't care um, because they're seeing them every day. And I get that. Um, having, you know, been born and raised in Chicago, I'm aware that not everybody, like the Sears Tower is the Sears Tower. I know it's called something else now. I don't really give a crap. To me, it's always going to be the Sears Tower. And a little heads up to all of you, I may sneak in a few F-bombs here. I am talking freely because I don't have sponsors this month, so I get to say whatever the fuck I want. Um, <laughs> so we go to this cat sanctuary, and, and the ruins are absolutely gorgeous. But they are the actual ruins where Julius Caesar was stabbed. Yeah. So here's me. Awesome. He got stabbed and now fucking cats live there. Yay. Um, I don't do cats. They really bother my nose and like, I'm, I, I don't want to say like I'm allergic, allergic to them, but I have a sensitivity to them that that was the last thing I needed being my current medical situation. I didn't need to be like in a hole with some cats. So Carl and Peter went down. It was kind of like you walked down into this portion of the ruins. They're all kind of sectioned off and you um, like into like a hole. So it's kind of like you're looking down into a football sized hole of ruins. And then there are stairs in one corner that you can walk down and the cats kind of, to be cool, hang out in this grotto portion that you can crawl into. And I'm like, I'm not going down there. So Mr. Sith went down there with Peter, which was awesome, except this is why you have to be on the alert when you're traveling in Europe. Now, I will tell you that in Europe, I don't know if it's different there. I didn't really take the time to research it. I just know that in America, um, I am a mama bear. There are guidelines with my kid. There should be guidelines with all children. Okay. You don't talk to strangers. You don't give them information. You don't people, just anybody, you don't give people information. There are no, uh, secrets. You know, we go through all of that here. Okay. Um, and for, you know, to bring up a deep subject, but it's true. There's trafficking that exists on a very heavy level, kidnapping, all of that goofy shit, right? So you want to be on the alert when you're traveling abroad for sure. It's not like no kids have ever gone missing while on vacation abroad. We have major, major incidences of historical cases that that's happened in, right? So I'm always on the alert. Mr. Sith, not so much. Okay. He's kind of like in his own world. Um, I think that might've changed after this trip because we had a couple situations. Um, and he actually saw himself because I was filming. So I was filming them below me. Right. And there were all this wisteria on the wall and catch just hanging out, waiting for people to go into this little grotto. It's like, they were almost like, you know, Hey, pet us while you go in and see the rest of us. Um, and so Peter was sitting on this little bench waiting to go in. Mr. Sith was standing. There was hardly any people there, um, which was the confusing part for me. 
a woman who I did know worked there. Okay. That she was a volunteer at this organization with the cats. Okay. That was helping people in and out of the grotto area. Obviously not everybody could go under there. It was a very small area. So only a few people were going in at a time and obviously keeping together families. So she reached back and before I knew the whole like situation kind of clicked in, I just went into mode. I can sort out details later, right? You don't want to, you don't want to evaluate a situation when there's an emergent situation happening, right? You're going to lose precious time. So Mr. Sith was standing, Peter was sitting on a bench and the woman um, volunteer reached out from the grotto area, okay, which I can't see. I can only see them in the bench and the wisteria and all the cats walking around and um, reached for his hand and was pulling him. And I'm like, and I immediately am like, okay, is Mr. Sith going to react? And he didn't even look at it, which like, be honest to you, like pissed shit off on me. Oh, I was really mad. And so I start. I immediately at that point, I start, stop filming because I'm screaming over the end. No touch, let go, no touch my kid. Don't touch my kid. And so she looks up and she's like, I don't know, aggravated. And I'm thinking, fuck you, bitch. Um, sorry, I inconvenienced you while you were trying to abduct my fucking child. Um, but I was like, don't fucking touch. And she's like, I'm bringing, and she seemed confused, and I don't think she spoke really good English. And there was another lady who was there um, volunteering sort of like over to a part um, that people weren't allowed in. And I could see her, and she could see down across what was happening, uh, but she was maybe about six, seven feet away from it. And uh, she goes, she's bringing him in to his family. I said, I'm his family and his dad is right there. And and that's when I yelled Carl, who then like woke up to the situation and was like, yeah. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm like, keep your fucking eyes on our kid. He just got like pulled into some situation. Now I will say my kid, I trained him well because he pulled back on his wrist and would not go with her. And I'm like, that's my boy. That's my boy proud of you. Let's go have some fucking gelato. Um, needless to say, they wound up waiting their turn to go in. And the lady who had witnessed the situation had looked up at me and said, I think she thought, I don't care. I said, I appreciate that. But what I'm saying is, is that his father is right there. No one even asked him. No, it, it, you know, let's, let's put aside the fact that Mr. Sith was completely fucktarded out and didn't even like be aware of the fucking situation until he could have already been abducted. Okay. Let's be honest. But the fact that she didn't even fucking ask him if he was with him or my, my husband was a little fucking alarming. I thought that could have been avoided the whole situation. Hi, is that your son? That's all boom. You don't think that all the fucking adults that just walked into the grotto would have been like, Hey, where's our kid? I don't know. To me, it was a common sense situation, but I have zero fucking regrets or fucks that I yelled over at some strange Italian lady to let the fuck go of my kid. There's that. So, and everybody was looking too, because I was, I was yell and I was like, I will jump off this fucking ledge and down in here. What do I got to do? And then as soon as I save my kid, I am going to beat the shit out of Mr. Sith. I kid you not. Like that was like, 
whatever. Because I don't care how bad I'm hurting, I will jump into a fucking ruin and beat the shit out of some lady to get my kid back. Boom. So we did the cat thing. Yay. Um, and then I was just taking pictures locally and looking down and reading more about the ruins and whatnot. Then it was time uh, for lunch. So we've been eating a bigger lunch because we cannot fucking stay up past 8 o'clock for dinner. I'm going to be honest with you. They eat dinner between like 7 and, and midnight. That's some crazy shit, okay? My belly cannot deal with that crap, like at all. So we went to this place called uh, Bottega Tradici. It was really a nice little rush. Like I said, it's literally like right off a street. They're really small, but it's awesome. It's just having everything so different. I do enjoy um, the non-rush of eating in Italy very much so. I'm not going to lie. Um, because we, Peter and I, were actually having breakfast this morning back here in the States at our favorite breakfast place. And uh, she came with the fucking bill in her hand before she even we had even finished our food. And she asked us if we wanted. She didn't ask me if I wanted more coffee. She didn't ask if we wanted a damn dessert. I don't even care that it's breakfast. She was just ready to ring us the fuck out and get us out of there. Okay. <laughs> I, you don't realize how annoying it is until you actually realize that when you're sitting and you're enjoying what you're eating and you're digesting and you're enjoying company and talking to your family, how incredibly fucking annoying that is and how rushed and stupid we are here in America. I'm just saying, I said it. I said the S word. I don't give a shit either. Um, we eat too fast here and that is why we're fat. We put too much emphasis on literally swallowing our food and inhaling it and getting the fuck out of there as fast as we can to do what? So we could lay around our house, watch movies, play video games, and do stupid shit. I'm just saying. There's that. Um, so we went to this place called uh, Bottega Tradici. Shocker again, Peter ordered the damn pork belly with like radish salad and it was like a pea crema uh, like a pea crema with fresh peas on it. And he sucked that up. He just loved it. I ordered the octopus, um, because hello. And Mr. Sith ordered the risotto with mint and pesto like stuff on it. Uh, like little dots of on top of the pesto it was, is very like, you know, kind of foo foo. But, um, Mr. Sith said we both, try, we obviously tried each other's dishes and, uh, Peter tried the octopus. Yes, he did. Um, but I will tell you that we probably all said that we would order Peter's dish because it was that good. We found all these cute little parks and stuff tucked in. This is the fun part of just exploring, just walking around and, and looking down streets. And, you know, this was a little gated area that had a statue in the middle with wildflowers growing and just a bunch of benches around it, like in a round. It was awesome. Like right in the middle of everything. It was actually by the cat sanctuary. Um, and then we took a little walk after we ate to the Leonardo da Vinci Museum. Now there's tons of them. Uh, this one is La Grande Machine. So the, the Grand Machines exhibit. It's really cool because this building itself is also an apartment complex. So there are people who live here. And there's like that courtyard with all of the porticos and it was really really a nice little building itself that it was located in but I will tell you um there 
there is like ruins and history everywhere here. But inside, we didn't realize that the, this place had another, it is on top of another place. So there was like original floors and um, there was a grotto with water and all of this was incorporated either with plexiglass flooring so that you can see the original flooring underneath um, or exhibits made to actually blend right into like the grotto part, which was, I'm not going to lie, we all thought was kind of creepy. <laughs> I'll explain. So it was really cool on um, the Leonardo uh, da Vinci. Every time I say Leonardo, I want to say DiCaprio. Like every freaking time I have to stop myself from saying it. Leonardo da Vinci. So we wound up looking at all, it's basically mock-ups and we didn't realize it was interactive, which was super cool for Pete because I thought he'd be kind of bored in this after I got in. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to be so bored in here. But it was so nice because it was interactive. So he got to see mock-up wooden, like what it would have been made of, like wood, okay? It was a wooden bike. And it was hilarious because I thought, I can't even ride a regular bike. <laughs> like it's, it's just uncomfortable. How hard would it be to, to ride this big wooden bike? And Pete goes, I think it's kind of cool. Do you think Grandpa had this? I was like... Just a little before grandpa. But this is the best thing you've said all day. <laughs> I was like, grandpa? And they had like this uh, helicopter thing and all these bolts and, and gears and pulleys and things that people don't realize Da Vinci was such a precursor on. Uh, drum machines. Uh, the first tank. It was called the War Machine. It looks like a big top, okay, with two guys inside it. Like, you figure it's hotter than hell in there. It's pitch black, and they're, like, moving these wheel gears, like, pumping them, right, going around like pedals, except each one is doing one side of it. And then there was, like, a ladder port in the middle of it with, like, a top, where I'm sure some guy like sat up on top and yelled left, right. It was like, wow. Um, but, uh, they had a drum machine, uh, like a catapult. And then like, so that, you know, like, um, retractable bridges that he had designed. Uh, another one was, okay. So this grotto area. So obviously he did not, he also designed and came up with all of these ideas for, uh, swimming apparatus, and one of them was like a deep diving suit, which was like burlap. And I thought, how the hell? Who tested that? <laughs> like, pass. Um, but there was also like uh, flippers, right? Having like flippers on your hands and on your feet to help better like move you in the water. Um, and they had like this wooden structure in what we thought was a mock fake like pool with like a piece of plexiglass and you know, it just looks like water's under it. You know, that's kind of, you know what I mean? But then we realized there were coins in it and it smelled very still, like still water. And then there was like this old, like wall containing this. And we were like on top of it. And I thought, you know what? This looks like a part of a ruin that was unearthed and that this water is like, authentic grotto water or something like the well waters for all the fountains. 
I think that's real. And Carl's like looking at it. And we finally determined that it was indeed water, which really creeped us out for some reason because we were alone in the room and it was just a weird room. So we decided that we were just going to leave. Um, we're like, yeah, let's not go in that room. Uh, they also had uh, Da Vinci's bridge. So we had this system of basically they look like Lincoln logs and sticks. And it makes this bridge that you can tuck them with little notches to make bridging. Um, is bridging a word? I, it is now. And so Peter found a, a boy that was there putting it together as well. And so they were helping put together this Da Vinci bridge. Google it. It's pretty cool. Uh, Mr. Sith went back to the Pantheon the following day uh, because we were not going to wait three and a half hours to get into the Pantheon, but we knew the following morning it was going to rain. And that is, that's a cool thing. So if you're on vacation, especially at these high tourist places like in Rome, if it's going to rain, don't get bummed out about that at all because it is beautiful for wanting to see these places because the crowds scatter immediately. I don't know why. I'm like, hey, it's going to rain? Sweet. Let's go see all this stuff. There won't be any lines. That's what you want to do. So he went back to the Pantheon and had strict instructions on what kind of pictures to take for us because Peter wanted to see the inside, but he also didn't want to walk over there himself. There's that. So the pictures are beautiful of that. Um, we wound up going to have pizza the next day. It was awesome. Like on our way home, from uh, so he saw the pantheon in the morning we went ahead and saw um the cat thing we went to leonardo's and then on the way home we wanted to catch the metro again uh we were in a very popular place by del coliseo which is the coliseum district and so it's a it's a heavy bus okay and they pack in like sardines okay here's the next story so we stop at this place called appetito and they were um, a Roman pizza place with uh, like Supli and Arancini. Um, their pizza is fantastic there. It's hard to explain because it's not like our pizza at all. It's, they really concentrate. It's a very thin crust, but it's, it's like held together, but it's also soft. It's hard to explain. Um, it's crispy around the edges and it does hold up when you hold it, but the ingredients on top are so fresh and the combinations they come up with are just amazing. Um, they're just wonderful. So I appreciated that I can eat all this. So I ate it at every opportunity that I could. We also love lemon soda. I think I've mentioned that before. So lemon soda is super popular there. And I found it extremely just refreshing. Like when you were thirsty, if you ordered water, but a lemon soda, I just found it to be really, really refreshing. So we get our pizzas and they put everything in a box, right? So if you order three slices of pizza, which we did, okay, they're long, okay? They're like 12 by six inches, these strips, because they just cut them off these long pizzas that they make. So we had the three pieces and we know we got to get on this bus and Mr. Sif, it's real busy, of course, right? And it's standing room only. And he goes, you know, if I can't get on with the box, I'll just walk because it's like a 12 minute walk, right? And he's got a bigger gate and he doesn't care. Okay. And I'm like, you can get on the bus. Like you want me to carry the box? I'll carry the box. Like, I don't really care. I'll get on this bus. And so he, I should have known 
that when he said, if I can't get on this bus, that in Mr. Sith's language, that meant I'm not getting on this bus. <laughs> like, honest to God. So Peter and I, again, my concern is, is I, number one, have to get up on the bus with an issue, with nothing to hold on to. And I also have to make sure they don't close the fucking doors before I get on because Peter's on. You know what I'm saying? So we get up on the bus and uh, I turn around and Peter go. And of course, we're like jammed in and poor Peter's like, you know, his head's like in my boobs. And he goes, where's daddy? And I look out the window as we're driving away and he's hauling ass with the pizza just walking. And here's me. Well, apparently daddy couldn't get on the bus, so he's walking. And Peter goes, well, you know what? That pisses me off. I'm like, you know what? It pisses me off too. Sorry, not sorry, guys. Um, Because he literally, because he is so nice, he had no intention of just getting on that bus. But instead of like just lying about it, like just tell me you don't want to get on the bus with a pizza. I personally would have carried the fucking pizza, but whatever. Um, Needless to say, we get to the Coliseum. We only waited like three, I don't know, like I said, our stop was literally right in front of the Coliseum and our apartment was right there. We felt very safe in our apartment again because we had a garrison of Italian military in the, the, the bottom office of our building. So it wasn't a big deal. Everything's like a little courtyard. You walk into two big, huge double doors, like wooden double doors. And then there's a gate when you get inside a metal gate that you got to buzz into. And then to get up into the apartment portions, there's also a huge double gate um, that has like a glass or a plexiglass on it, but you need to get buzzed into that as well or have a key to open it. And then the elevator up to, <laughs> thank Lord, thank the Lord, uh, elevators to get up to the apartments. Uh, cause we were on the fifth floor up on top. So we get off. Uh, so I'm telling Peter, like, I mean, this is going to be a long one cause I want to make sure I tell all the stories. So I am jammed up with Peter. I'm trying to hold on. And there is a, uh, a man who's in crutches. Now their crutches are like, um, for lack of a better term, I don't mean this to be like, you know, rude or anything, but they look like the old polio crutches. Okay. Like the hand guard ones. Okay. So they have those kind of crutches there. So he's, um, an elderly gentleman. Okay. Maybe like in his seventies and he's putting them on and I see he's getting off like the stop before we get off a couple stops before we get off. And he starts telling us in, cause he knows we're American. He starts telling us in broken English that, uh, it's for uh bambino bambino. And he's like, look, pointing to his chair. I get up, bambino, sit. And I said, absolutely. So it's common for the chairs to be uh, in on the buses, apparently, for elderly, handicapped, pregnant, and children. That's like the deal there. Now, I will tell you, yes, I am handicapped. Yes, I have a handicap placard for my car. But because I have autoimmune disease, nobody sees it. So I am not considered fucking handicapped anywhere. It really pisses me off. I'm going to tell you that right now. Anyway, um, I want Peter to sit there. Obviously I'm fine. I like, I, I push through it. I don't give a shit. So the guy gets up and of course has to push through the sardines of people on this damn bus. But as everybody's shifting and I have Peter going up, 
that big step. It's about a 13-inch step where these seats are, okay? Because they're taller buses. Now, I am duck foot next to him against the step. My knees are resting on the top of it. You already know that I'm fucking hurting, right? And I'm hunched forward because I can't stand upright in that position because of my fucking sciatica. I'm like, how the hell? If I can't even see out the fucking window behind me. And I'm telling Peter, when, <laughs> I'm sorry. Because if you would have seen what I look like, it was fucking ridiculous. And so I'm telling Peter, when you see the fucking Coliseum, let me know so we can get the hell off. So he goes, Mommy, we're at the Coliseum. I go, okay, good. So I'm dragging him off the fucking bus with me. So we get off the bus and you walk down the way and we actually cut through the metro system because it was easier than going up the fucking stairs. <laughs> the metro system has like a, a, an escalator and it kind of takes you right around the corner where the apartment is rather than go down the way and up all the stairs and then back around the way. So <clears throat> we found that shortcut right away, Mr. Sith did. So we go, we're, we're going around the corner and, and there's tons of people who sell shit. It's going to be the same no matter what country you visit in. We have the same shit here in the States. If you go down to a tourist attraction, there are some people there. You need water. You need hats. Do you need this? Do you need that? Do you want tickets? Get the fuck out. Just say no grazie. No grazie. So this time we got the umbrellas, right? Because it was raining that day. So Pete's got one and I got one. So as we're walking, one of the vendors came up and he said something. And I said, no, grazie. And we kept walking. I don't even stop. And quite frankly, I always have a personality that is unapproachable, people say. So I never have this issue when I travel. So the fact that they were still asking me after we had been there for a fucking week, I'm like, I don't know if you guys are just fucking duh or... You're just super fucking pushy, which means you got to watch yourself, right? So I'm walking and all of a sudden he reaches out like to Peter, like he was going to take his hand. And just so you know, there's tons of scams in Rome with these people where they'll tie bracelets onto you or your children and then charge you, exor they, they nod them on and charge you exorbitant amounts of like euros saying you've got to pay them now and, you know. Personally, that shit never happens to me, right? Because, well, I'll let you know what I do. When he leaned over to go, again, fucking mama bear situation, I grabbed my umbrella and I swung it at him between like separating him and Peter. And I kept doing it. I can, again, don't touch my kid. Don't touch the bambino. <laughs> And he just kind of literally kept going for him until finally I was like, I'm going to have to stab this motherfucker with an umbrella from the apartment we're renting in Rome in front of the Coliseum. I'm going to be on the fucking news. This is what happens when Mr. Sith doesn't get on the fucking bus because I don't have no cutoff. And you guys have to understand a lot of times. His calmness, but like, shit, man, I grew up in fucking Chicago. You're going to touch my kid? You couldn't even walk near me in Chicago before I was like, you got fucking, do you know me? No. Then don't fucking walk where I can hear you breathe behind me. That's the rule, man. Okay? <laughs>
So the fact that he kept fucking talking to my kid when I told him no pissed me off again. So I took my umbrella and I fucking raised it all the way over my head. And then one of the police officers blew his whistle and the guy like took off. Like he wasn't blowing his whistle at me. And so then the, uh, what I call the team lead, <laughs> there's always like a team lead of the guys who are out hustling all the wares. He came up to me and, uh, was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I said, okay, no touch the bambinos or no, that's like fucking no. Okay. So as we were walking back to the apartment, cause it happened like literally, I don't know, 25 feet from our apartment, the military, <laughs> Italian military guys there, they're just looking at me and smiling. They both gave me the, you know, the head thing. I said, Hey, I said, hey, touch the bambino. I said, no, <laughs> mama, no. And they were like, uh huh. And so we waited like maybe two, three minutes, and then uh, Mr. Sit showed up with the pizza. <laughs> I'm like, okay then. So there was that. Um, the next day, we okay. So here was the thing with the Coliseum and and tickets to go places. We had every intention of going inside the Coliseum and getting the full tour of the basement underground part. Um, all the way around it and getting the extra tickets to walk through Palatine and stuff. In all honesty, we didn't need to walk through Palatine Hill or any of that because it was easily viewable from the parks and the walkways around it. So if you need to know that, there you go. So depending on where you're staying, if you simply take a walk through some of the streets, you are able to see it and photograph it from the actual public parkway. You could go in it and be on top of it, you know, Palatine Hill and all that, but, um, you know, if you want to, then, you know, get that with your Coliseum ticket. I will warn you, though, that you cannot, it's very, very hard to get tickets into the Coliseum and into the, for instance, the Vatican, okay? So, there's a lot of theories behind this. It used to be easy to just get them through the tour groups because the tour groups would buy them up. And then sell them to you in a package. And they aren't that overinflated that it's an issue. Plus, they had deals with the Coliseum or the Chapel or whatnot to take you through on tour groups. And you could still do that. But you have to get them ahead of time. Like 30 to 60 days ahead of time now. We did not do that. Because we had read everything on TripAdvisor that you can get them when you're there. And then pick your select, you know, tour that you want to go on. So we could not get um, Coliseum tickets. Now, if we had probably gotten the Coliseum tour tickets while we were in Vienna, it could have been a possibility. There's a lot chucked up to that. As usual, If depending on who you talk to, they always bring up the mafia. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm not Italian. I'm just saying that's what the locals are saying. Okay? The mafia makes that difficult. Well, whatever. Um, so as we were walking around, we took some amazing pictures of the Coliseum, literally some of the best pictures you can get, beautiful sky. None of our pictures are photoshopped. It's just that beautiful. Just get a regular camera lens, make sure it's clean. I always had to wipe my phone lens down because, um, I was sweaty. And so it kind of hazed some of the pictures, um, if you didn't notice it. So I just wiped it down every time I did it. Peter absolutely fell in love with Vespa. So he wants a Vespa. There's that. 
we ate pizza again for lunch that morning at a pizza place that was recommended with some uh, soda. It was fabulous. Um, when we were outside that area walking to um, a gelato place that we had heard of, it was a local gelato place. Uh, it wasn't like touristy. Let's just put it that way. We had to walk back into the Del Coliseo neighborhood where the actual Roman people live. And um, I'm telling you, that helps to walk off of the tourist ways. You find better restaurants and you'll definitely have better interactions with people. Um, and it was also cleaner there. I'm going to be honest with that as well, with the garbage situation. The neighborhoods cleaned up better than the actual places themselves. So there was another little ruins area. And I was like, what is this ruins area? I was like right outside the Coliseum, but on the other side from where we were staying. And it was Ludos Magnus, which was the greatest Coliseum uh, school that ever existed in training camp. They had a direct tunnel directly to the Coliseum underground. And you could see the little barracks that they lived in. And so when they weren't training to be gladiators, they were essentially jailed, right, and shackled in their cells. I'm not joking. So we did get some mixed, so it is common people, so it was common knowledge that um, if a lot of people were arrested and that their punishment was to be a gladiator. Now we have some information that was clarified when we did the gladiator training and went to gladiator school and talked to the historical society and they cleared up a lot of information about gladiators. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So um, we wound up just walking around the neighborhood to find this little gelateria. Um, it's like, I think it was called Attica Dematia, Dematias. So basically I think that's Matthew again. It is a gentleman who makes all his own gelato and it's sourced locally. So it's all like from the farms or his connections. And um, I will tell you, if you go into a gelato place, and this was a little hint I got. If you go into a gelateria and they have all the big mounds of, you know, how they make it pretty in the containers and they put all the stuff on it and it's very high and it's all like beautiful. That's usually pretty crappy gelato. I'm just saying. They say to better keep gelato, it should be low and flat. And this is how the gelato was here. It's not much to look at, right? It's not real pretty to look at, but it is hands down the best gelato we had in Europe. It was amazing. When he's out, he's out. There was no, I'm going to go in the back and get another container uh, or, you know, nope. When they were out, they were out. So it was amazing. We absolutely loved it. We recommend that if you're there, you go. Um, again, it's time to eat. We ate early, to be honest with you. Again, they don't eat till like after 7 o'clock. And sometimes some of the places don't open till 7, 8 o'clock. So we wound up finding a place called El Gladiatore. It was obviously on the other side of the Coliseum. It had been there since 1903. What a cute place. I'm going to be super honest with you. I told Carl when we went in, I was telling uh, him, uh, Mr. Sith, I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, so I'm not a fan of beards or mustaches because Mr. Sith doesn't trim. He doesn't like oil. He doesn't brush. He doesn't do any of that. He just lets it grow out like a wild man. Okay. And I'm not a fan of it. I'm just not. 
that's how he is. I understand he's European. He could shave. And by the afternoon, he literally has what most people will call a week's worth of stubble. However, we walked into this place and there, one of the hosts was an Italian man. I will tell you, he was the epitome, stereotypical Italian man of beauty. I couldn't stop looking at him. I told Mr. Sith, I said, if you can keep your beard and your mustache like that, you're, I'm all in. He was gorgeous, this man. And he knew it. He had to have known it. Like I told Mr. Sith, he's good looking, ain't he? He was like, yes, he is. I was like, blue, big blue Italian eyes, perfectly manicured beard, perfect hair, impeccably dressed in black with a little white t-shirt underneath jewelry but not too much an amazing fucking watch perfect shoes he smelled wonderful but not overly done yep i got all that from meeting the host and i'm still pissed to this day that i did not ask him to take a picture (laughs) i was like son of a bitch he totally would have i know he would have But, oh, we had a good time there. We just had, like, a little appetizer. We really were not hungry at all at that point. And our lemon sodas, we're just big into the lemon soda. Um, We knew we had one more day after that, so we literally just stopped at a local grocery, like, supermarket and got some things for the morning and all that. Um, Because the next day, our Friday was the day that I was going to recoup because there's no way I can go on a plane that long, guys, and be in the condition I was in. So I actually spent it drinking coffee on our terrace and doing laundry and packing the apartment while the boys uh, went down and did gladiator school, which is amazing because there was only one other dad and son who was doing this class. But they get a little tour through... Um, the uh, museum of because they're the basically the antique historical society and they put on these things and they really said that most of the stories that you hear about gladiators are about Roman soldiers which makes sense right the difference of what kind of gladiator helmets were you know like the more skilled you were the smaller your helmet became so that you had more flexibility and visibility Whereas there were some pretty damn heavy ones with like chain, like cages around their face that Mr. Sith tried on um, for those that were new. They also clarified that actually there was only a small percentage of people who were gladiators that were criminals. So people who were arrested and forced to basically participate in the blood sport because it was. Um, he did also clarify that gladiators only fought other gladiators. I know a lot of times you hear about the animals that are locked up underneath the Coliseum and that they fought animals and that isn't true. Gladiators with that name fought other gladiators and they didn't always fight to the death. It was, it was a blood sport and it was, it was cruel, but the, um, there were very rare instance of fights between gladiators that ended in death. I mean, I don't know. Is that consoling in some way? <laughs> in some way. But um, but there, the fights that happened w- between a man and an animal, those were different people. They were called hunters. 
as crazy as that sounds, um, kind of makes sense, right? So hunters were trained to fight animals and gladiators fought other gladiators. And there were women who were gladiators that fought other women, which is, I don't know, somehow super badass to me because this can't been easy because understand that although now they have confirmed that a small percentage were people who this was their imprisonment for crimes or something that was, um, that they were paying for. So like, you know, this was their punishment that the large majority of people who were gladiators or hunters actually volunteered. And the reason why was because they had terms. It was like an enlistment in the army. So you enlisted to become a gladiator for a certain amount of time. You were responsible, uh, you got paid well, but apparently you were also responsible for, because you were enslaved. You completely were enslaved. You weren't allowed to walk around freely. You slept in your barracks when you weren't training. And they were like not good looking barracks, okay? They were small. They were There were no fucking windows. There were like little slats in them in the stone. That doesn't sound like a deal to me. But they got paid well. And after their term of enlistments, they were given Roman citizenship and a Roman name. So that was the pay dirt to be a gladiator because you got certain benefits of being a Roman citizen. So Peter thought it was amazing. They got Roman names afterwards. Uh, uh, Peter's name was Aurus, uh, A-U-R-U-S, and Mr. Sith was Magnus. So they were pretty thrilled about that. Peter was psyched. It was like the highlight of his trip. Um, dinner that night was... Um, we, we ordered in, so we did Uber Eats, which is interesting because it makes sense when you look at it, but um, there's very few places that cars can go when you're downtown. You could get there, but it's tight. There's a trillion people. There's brick everywhere. There's other cars. There's It's crazy, okay? Um, but Uber Eats is completely like on bike. It's like, duh. It, it, it's really cool. So we... Um, ordered from a place in the Trastevere uh, neighborhood. We couldn't get to that either just simply because we couldn't do the walking anymore. We retired. I mean, we're on day, you know, 18 of traveling and we're exhausted, right? So sometimes you have to make like an accommodation and go, you know, chuck it up to another trip later. And that's what we did. Um, we ordered from this place called Nona Agripo. And she's in Trastevere, and apparently it's just like, you know, a nice little restaurant that served some really authentic Italian food. So Mr. Sith got lasagna, which is totally different than the Sicilian lasagna that I make in America, like that my mom made and, you know, got from my dad's mom. You know, it's it just not even the same. And then um, Peter ordered basically cheese ravioli with burrato pistachio sauce, which is creamy and delicious and ridiculous. Lee Rich. And then I ordered an artichoke because I had to have one here in Rome. I love artichokes. Mr. Sith and Peter, not fans, but it was amazing. And then I also ordered the tripa. So for those of you who don't know what tripa is, T-R-I-P-P-A, it is tripe. 
Some people don't know what tripe is, so buckle up, buttercups. I'm going to tell you what it's like to start eating food in other countries without going immediately. Okay, tripe is actually、um, eaten often here in the states、um, as menudo. Okay, so Mexican menudo has tripe in it. Tripe is the first or second stomach of a cow. It is needs to really be washed, cleaned, and prepared in a way. To make it edible, but it could be delicious once it's made. A good menudo here is amaze balls. Okay,、um, but I wanted to try it in Italy because I had heard that the way they cook it down with like tomato and all this stuff that it just melts in your mouth. Oh my gosh, were they right? This first off, it's the cleanest tripe I've ever. You wouldn't know. It didn't have an aftertaste. It didn't have a funny taste. It didn't have anything outside of tasting like maybe like fat. So like if you don't like if you cut the fat off a steak or off pork, probably not for you because it's that consistency. But I will tell you, it's one of the leanest proteins that are good for you that are available. It has like twenty percent more protein than like or twenty percent、uh, protein in it.、Um, Based on like eating a steak or another protein here, a meat one, right? It's amazing.、Um, it has like it's it's just super good for you if you can eat it. So I got the tripe and、uh, it was amazing. I was like two bites in, and Peter, I'm like, come on, eat your raviolis. You got to go to bed early today because we got to leave in the morning. And he's like, I don't like it. I don't want it. And I'm like, how do you not like cheese raviolis with like burrato sauce? Like burrato is just like the creamy goodness of mozzarella, and um, you know, he didn't want it. And all we can think of is that it was just the cheese is sharper there, and he was at that point just wanting mac and cheese. You know, he was done, and I I can appreciate that. And I said, and he goes, I want yours. And I'm here, I'm thinking, wait, well, you want mine? It's tripe. Like what? And uh. I, so I gave him a bite and said, "Here, take it. You taste it, and if you like it, you can eat it." Thinking this is awesome, I'm totally gonna eat my tripe.、Um, except he liked it, and then he proceeded to eat the whole container. I'm like, "Okay, well, the little bit that I had, the two bites was fabulous. The cheese raviolis were awesome. Not gonna lie, but they weren't that tripe. It was so good. And then,、um, oh my God, I'm running so late today." Um, and then we ordered like、um, a cake with like pinoli cream, which is pine nut cream, and、uh, like a center of like chocolate hazelnut. Like, oh my god, it was so good! And again, Peter didn't want dessert, so Mr. Sith and I ordered one, and then he wanted to taste it, and then all of a sudden our wife—it、so、was like basically the apple strudel and Vienna situation all over again. So what did Mr. Sith and I have learned? From this,、um, what Peter has learned is is that even though he doesn't want a dessert, he should order it. What Mr. Sith and I have learned is is that when Peter says he doesn't want dessert, order it anyway. And if he doesn't actually eat it, we just have one and a half. We just have an we'll split it and eat it ourselves. There's that. We wound up getting up at four thirty、um, in the well three thirty actually in the morning. To get out,、uh, we took some pictures together before we left to get on and catch our Swiss Air flight.、Um, I've never flown Swiss Air before. It was delightful. It was absolutely delightful, and their food was amazing. 
like absolutely amazing. So we flew from Rome to Zurich, Switzerland, and literally just walked to our next gate and got boarded. Boom, boom, boom. No problems. We even got to stop at a shop in the bathroom because um, I needed to get some Swiss chocolate. Hello, because they give you little Swiss chocolates on the plane after they feed you the whole flight. You get a little chocolate. And let me tell you, it was one of the best chocolates I've ever had. And I thought, if this is the, like how good the chocolate is on an airplane, oh, I'm stopping to get some bars. So I got like Milk Boy bar. It's traditional. Even the packaging, the logos, everything means something um, to Switzerland. So I was like, I'm getting that. I already ate the one with the almonds. Now I have a salted caramel one left. I got to give it. I might I might hit that up tonight. But Peter, uh, we wound up eating that whole flight. Um, he actually, when we were getting off, when we were getting on in Rome, we stopped also at No Duty to get some stuff. And uh, the, the, there was an Italian gentleman that worked there that was telling uh, Peter, like, oh, I have something for you. And I'm like, what? Um, but he wound up bringing, like, a promotional Toblerone, had uh, the neck pillows. And it was bright orange with the Toblerone, like, little mountain thing in the front of it. And Peter thought it was awesome because he called it his Cheeto pillow. And uh, we had a good time. We wound up coming home. And little old Buster was, like, super glad that we, you know, came home. And, uh, oh, God, I can't even. We'll talk more about that on another episode, just coming home and doing the recovery. But we had an amazing experience. And I'm so glad and thankful for all of you that came um, along on the journey with us. We couldn't do some of the stuff on um YouTube the way we wanted to because we just didn't have the Wi-Fi stuff and the, the internet capability to do that. But, you know, you live and you learn. We had fun either way. We were able to share on Facebook instead and do some reels. And Peter did some of his eating, and we did get those because they were short onto YouTube. Um, but there's that. Would I do it again? Absolutely. Would I change up some things? Oh, you betcha. Um, my favorite part of the trip? Venice. Venice was my favorite part of the trip. Absolutely hands down. That and getting to meet Mr. Sitz's family and them hosting us in Bratislava, Slovakia. It was amazing. They live in Tomasov, so we were there in the village, Tomasov. Um, but what an amazing experience it was. And we're already planning next year's. <laughs> we're staying in the States next year, though. But we do have a big one coming up for the one after that. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for sticking up with me um, this time. You um, are just awesome for hanging out with us all and going on this trip with us. And next episode, we're back to, I don't know, I may be talking about some stuff. Like I said, I'm free all this month. So until next time, lead with kindness. Kindness.